This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm a turkey. (laughs) (laughs) Totally useless information with Nick and Roy. At this time, we'd like to wish every single one of you who are celebrating Thanksgiving in the United States of America a very happy Thanksgiving. Happy and healthy Thanksgiving. (laughs) This is the Totally Useless Information Podcast with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. And today on the show... We will talk about science. We'll go back in time with history. Discuss your dreams. <laughs> and take a look at some sports. And we'll open up the mailbag. Listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 19. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. The Totally Useless Information Podcast, hosted by Nick and Roy. Einstein was a moron. Newton was a jerk. He equals nothing. It's science, science, science. Why does your skin Hmm. get all wrinkly in water? Why? Yeah, that's a, you know, the shrinkage. Yes, but not that kind of shrinkage, not that kind of appendage. But um, if you ever stayed in a pool or a bathtub so long that your fingers got wrinkly, why does this happen? Well, your skin is covered with its own special oil called sebum. Sebum is found Mm. on the outermost layer of your skin, and it moistens your skin and lubricates it and protects your skin. It also makes your skin waterproof. Wipe that sebum off? No, it isn't. You can sebum all you want. Um, It's not going to rub off because when you wash your hands, instead of soaking in it like a sponge would... The condition, by the way, is tied to a function of the nervous system that prevents it from, from you becoming waterlogged. Yeah, pretty cool. Wow, that's, that is very cool. Well, this just in, Nick. Yes. Please pay attention, Nick. If you eat salmon along with yellow peppers and oysters, they say you will grow hair. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> now, add eggs sunflower seeds and sweet potatoes and you should be braiding that sucker in a few months (laughs) (laughs) all of those things that i just listed salmon yellow peppers oysters sunflower seeds eggs and sweet potatoes all have properties which help the follicle of the hair grow so there you go mr potato head yeah (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you, where does the hair grow? Yeah, but you're a Mr. Sweet Potato Head. Oh, <laughs> gee, thanks. Now I'm a, I'm a blushing sweet potato. There Falling lizards. Now, we talked about this on the show once where we talked about how it gets so cold in parts of Florida that the lizards actually mm. fall out of the trees. Well, the lowest temperatures in mm. decades stunned and immobilize the lizards, causing them to lose their grip. When air temperatures drop below a certain limit, lizards Mm -hmm. lose the ability to move. As many as diurnal, which is day-active lizards, diurnal, 
typically sleep above the ground, perched safely in and among the leaves and branches, but they lose their grip if the temperatures drop below this critical functioning limit. And apparently, it's been more. There's been more and more cold nights in Florida, and so you have a lot more falling lizards. Yeah, the whole country is global warming, but we're getting colder in Florida, and the lizards are falling out of trees. Get a grip. <laughs> Rain contains vitamin B, or as they say in England, vitamin B twelve. Okay, so rain contains vitamin B twelve. You heard correctly, because all water, that is fresh water, is believed to contain B12. And because of that, that's how it absorbs into the soil and then into the plants. So they're finding out now that the B12 is actually in the rainfall of the water. And they believe that all marine plankton as well process the water and they take the b12 out of it so i thought that was a pretty cool fact it was and speaking of water what if there's water on the moon i wonder if they have b12 on the moon yeah they've discovered this recently in fact and studying water on the moon requires a big giant flying telescope one of the keys to the discovery was a boeing 747 with a telescope installed at the back of its fuselage their aircraft operated by nasa and dlr germany's Aerospace Center, and where is Germany's Aerospace Center located? They stick the telescope up the back of the plane, which is very kinky. Would <laughs> yes. let me fly directly to Liechtenstein. That's right. Non-stop to Liechtenstein. <laughs> yes. It flies at about 43,000 feet, and during the flight, it opens up the hatch at the rear don't we all, mm -hmm. uh, pointing its telescope towards the sky and studying the cosmos in infrared light. In the first study, scientists mm -hmm. examined the moon's face in infrared. Zeroing in on the source of the chemical signature, they determined it is predominantly H2O, which exists on the lunar surface. I don't doubt that. I heard that the other day. They said they found even more. They believe that on the other side of the moon, there's more. So who knows? Maybe there's oceans on the dark side of the moon. Wouldn't that be cool? You know the Big Bang Theory? I love that TV show. Oh, no, not that Big Bang Theory. Oh, no. I'm talking about the actual Big Bang, which was what I used to call what I used to do in high school, and I'd go out. But, <laughs> yeah, but that's, anyway. That's the now, theory. That's the theory. Yes, exactly. That's what they used to say. Here he comes. The Big Bang. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's get back to reality, though. Sure. Let's do that, shall we? The Big Bang Theory, now accepted as the best explanation of the origins of the universe. Here's the crazy thing. It was theorized by a priest named Georges Lamantre, a Frenchman. He realized the universe was actually ever expanding, but he realized in order for that to happen, it had to start someplace to expand. And then he started doing calculations and found out it's always been expanding from the point of which the Big Bang happened. So he was the guy that uh, started it off. Now think about how controversial that must have been. He's a priest. God created the universe, he not did. the Big Bang, right? Good God. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. 
<laughs> yeah. And you know what happens when a priest gets a Milky Way. But but anyway, the Milky Way, the stars. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Of course. That's another story. Yeah. That's, that's another story. Those, that's another theory. Uh, geologists have found, now I don't know if you were looking for this, but if you're, if you realize that you're missing one of the Earth's tectonic plates, they found it. A team of researchers mm. used what amounts to be a, a CAT scan up here in northern Canada. I'm up here in Toronto, mm. Canada. Roy's in, uh, down in Florida with the freezing lizards. I'm up in Canada. In we northern do dog Canada. scans down here, but go ahead. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, northern Canada, and the and the mantle underneath it found the missing plate. A missing tectonic plate is like a missing puzzle piece. Without it, our understanding mm-hmm. of the big picture is compromised. And some scientists say it never existed in the first place, while other scientists said it was subducted into the Earth's mantle between 40 and 60 million years ago. But now it appears to have been found. They found the missing plate, which is great, because my wife said it was service for six. I only found five. <laughs> but now we have it. <laughs> sure do. We all know that we sweat from our heads and our armpits, which is kind of disgusting. But did you know that our feet contain 250,000 sweat glands? Okay. Those stinky little critters sweat like crazy. 250,000 sweat glands. Sticking it in a shoe, heating it up to 98.7, and then let the waterworks begin. Wow. <laughs> it's disgusting. It is. Plus, I could, I could just imagine that's why your feet smell so much. Not you. That's but- right. Mine, yeah. uh, mine. I smell. They smell like roses. Mine. Sure They're beautiful. Do. Stop and smell the roses on my feet. You're listening to totally mm. useless information with Nick and Roy. today is history. What happens tomorrow is history. Yeah. I love when he says that. Yeah. I'm up here in Toronto, Canada, as we mentioned, and Roy's down in Florida. I'm Nick, and he's Roy. And Roy, what are you having in terms of the world of history? I'll tell you what I have. Fun for everyone. Go to www.nickandroy.com, and you will enjoy yourself because our website is incredible. You get to see pictures of me and Nick. Mm-hmm. You get to leave us little messages, so you get to be on the mailbag from us. Yes. So, But let's get back to history. Yep. Napoleon was once attacked by a horde of bunnies. Okay? He thought Waterloo was bad. The French leader had his generals collect 3,000 rabbits for a hunt. So he basically said, scour the land and get 3,000 rabbits for a rabbit hunt. When he signaled the release of all 3,000, they all headed towards Napoleon in one group. And he being a Frenchman, he's afraid of himself and afraid of little bunny rabbits. He said, what is going on? This is happening. And then, then, of course, the Germans had to come and save him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes the hot and pepper or Liechtenstein. <laughs> yeah. After he discovered and that, that was a horrible French accent. It was horrible, but he wasn't too happy after he discovered those bunnies. <laughs> a, in a worldwide dust cloud covered the world in the year 536 A.D. The dust mm. cloud covered the whole world. It blocked out the sun for a whole year. 
It resulted in widespread famine. What was that? Did you just slurp? Here I am talking about dust bowls and you're, and you're drinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it resulted in widespread famine and disease in 536 mm. A.D. And the invention of the Swifter. That was the year <laughs> 538 A.D. It took them a couple of years for them, you know, for them to uh, apply for the, the patent. Swifter the size of a shovel. Lyndon <laughs> 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 yeah. Johnson gave interviews to reporters. He loved to give interviews. In fact, I think he loved himself. <laughs> yeah. And what there's one problem though, when he had to take a dump, he would just walk into the bathroom in the Oval Office area, and leave the door open, no matter if it was a woman reporter or a man reporter. It didn't matter. He sat there, in full view, taking a dump, giving the interview. I mean. What 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 was I mean? What a different time. Number one, could you just imagine the Me Too movement if Lyndon Johnson dropped his trousers down and said, "Well, you know no. I mean? see, that's where you made a mistake. Not number one. It was number two. Yeah. Well, he was number two first. Then then he became number one. <laughs> right. So he was by, number two. By, then became number by one. A bad set of events. <laughs> right. So then he became number one, and then he made number two when he was talking to the reporters. Okay. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And then a flush. <laughs> well, he, he loved playing cards, did he? From the accession of the Bourbons to the throne of France, speaking of France, the green flag of the Navy became a plain white flag. Maybe that's why they were so good at surrendering. Uh, the symbol of purity and royal authority. The uncharged, plain, pure white flag was the French flag during the Bourbon Restoration, which was between 1814 and 1830. It was also the naval flag of the Kingdom of France, as used before 1789 and again between 1814 and 1830. Run it up the old flagpole and then stick it out of the back of a Boeing 747. <laughs> now, I'm starting to think that the United States government can't be trusted. In the U.S., we celebrate July 4th as our Independence Day. Yes. But in reality, yeah. and I think we were discussing this once on the show in one of the holiday shows, but in reality, the resolution was signed on July 2nd. So technically, July 2nd is really Independence Day, not July 4th. And it just so happens my son's birthday is July 2nd, so it should be that. But <laughs> back then, it took days and days and days for people to travel. So in reality, the actual signatures never hit the paper until the end of August. So in reality, they just said, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, well, okay, well, we'll get everybody together to sign it on July 2nd. But in reality, they didn't sign it until August, the end of August. And then that was, you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know where they signed the Declaration of Independence? In Philadelphia. No, at the bottom. All of the days ah! work. <laughs> in, in, in the, in the now I'm glad I made the hair joke. <laughs> yes. That's payback, baby. Payback. Yeah. First you talk about hair, then you talk about bunnies, which is like hairs. Yeah, two to one in favor of Roy. And speaking of sports. Great segue, huh? Speaking of sports, we'll be doing a sports topic later on coming up as you're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. In the history of the Earth, if, it were to, if you were to take the whole history of the whole Earth and condense it into 24 hours, OK, 
Okay, life mm-hmm. would have appeared at 4 a.m. You know, in the beginning, God said, "Let there be light," or the Big Bang theory, mm-hmm. depending on what you uh, believe. Land plants at 10:24 p.m. Dinosaur extinction at 11:41 p.m. And human history wouldn't have begun until 11:58 p.m. So if you took all of the Earth's history and condensed it into 24 hours, that's what would, what would have happened. Humans wouldn't have begun until. So that means at 11:59, Lyndon Johnson took a dump. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> okay, let's talk to all the smarty pants out in the audience. What president is on the one dollar bill? The original one dollar bill. What president is on it? Come well, on, simple, come right? on, George Washington. Of course it was. No. I said the first dollar bill. It was Solomon P. Chase. Who knows? Chase Manhattan Bank, maybe? Solomon P. Chase. He was the Secretary of Treasury in 1862. That would be under, I guess, Lincoln. And we didn't have a dollar bill. We didn't have a paper currency of a dollar. I guess we had coins. So it wasn't made until 1862, the $1 bill. And uh, and then, of course, the person on it was Solomon P. Chase. It doesn't uh, change until um, much, much later on. I remember one time, so up here in Canada, we, we, don't, we used, don't have the dollar bill anymore, like the, uh, the, the paper dollar bill. We have a coin. It's called the loonie. At one time, I think the United States was looking to, to have a $1 coin. Is that true, I, if I remember that correctly, in the United States? Susan B. Anthony. The Susan B. Anthony. The Susan B. Anthony. Right. But, of course, it didn't happen because in the, in the United States of America, they don't like change. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking the king's nipples. You heard right. What? Sucking the king's nipples was an ancient Irish form of submission. It rains a lot in Dublin, as we know, and it's rather chilly, so one would think that the king would cover his chest. But no, that means there would have been royal reception days when the king exposes nipples in order to facilitate nipple sucking. As with all royalty, there were power games in the nipple hierarchy. Cutting off a royal descendant's nipples made him ineligible for kingship. Not as subtle as poison, but undeniably evidence. Hold on a yeah, second. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. Yeah. So they cut off, they cut off the nipples of people that they said weren't kingly. Yes, that's correct. And then they sucked the nipples of the king. Yes. No nips. Okay. Game over. No nips. No sucking. that would suck (laughs) and here's another segue you're listening to totally useless information with nick and roy our show doesn't suck Uh, if you'd like uh, to send us any recommendations on topics or in any of our categories, send us simply send us an email. Go to our website, www.nickandroy.com, and click on Contact Us. You send us an email, and we will respond to your letter. Soccer. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of my sports entries today have to do with how fast your balls go. Mm, yeah. Yeah, nipple sucking and, and ball speed. Yes, fast balls. Nipple sucking and fast balls, yes. Today's, you know how on Sesame Street they used to say, today's show is brought to you by the number one and the letter B. Mm-hmm. Today's show on Totally Useless Today- Information Podcast is brought to you by sucking nipples and fast balls. 
And ball handling. Ball handling. <laughs> when the first soccer players in the world took a good run at the ball, they put on crazy amounts of power into their shots. However, only recently mm. has the speed of shots in soccer been tracked. The fastest shot recorded in competition, according to several sources, was 131 miles per hour. It was a rocket from Ronnie Hemberson back in 2006. 131 miles an hour. Wow. Fast. That's very fast. How the hell do you catch that one if you're a goalie? Damn. Yeah. Wow. Did you know that between 1912 and 1948, the Olympic Games held competitions in fine art? Now, in one of the shows, we spoke about the fact that they had art, meaning painting, in the Olympics. But I dug deeper into this. It wasn't just paintings. It was literature, architecture, sculpture, painting, and music. Between 1912 and 1948, 151 medals were awarded and given out before they scrapped, no pun intended with metal, before they scrapped <laughs> the whole idea. The, the originator of the idea, his name was Pierce de Freddy, another a Frenchman. He was the actual, what they call the father of the new Olympics. It was his idea. And, of course, they scrapped Freddie as well. <laughs> <laughs> so they did? Pierre. Yeah. Pierre de Freddy. You know why they, he thought it was a good idea? I was reading further on into it. Because the Greeks used to have shows before the Olympics so that, I guess, you know, the women weren't allowed to go to the actual sporting events. So I guess the women were able to see the artwork and the pretty stuff and things like that. Not that, that, that that's Nick and I's intention. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, tennis, the game of we, tennis. We, yes. We believe that women. We believe that women should be even able to vote and drive. <laughs> they do that. <laughs> wow, you're more progressive than we thought. Uh, Milos Ronic is known as one of the fastest servers in men's tennis. He's a Canadian, actually. However, the fastest serve ever was at 250 kilometers an hour, which is roughly 150 something miles per hour, at the 2012 Rogers Cup is only the fifth fastest of all time. Australia's Samuel Groth hit a 263-kilometer-an-hour serve, which is approximately 163 miles an hour. However, the one that's not officially recognized because of the inconsistency of the radar guns used at that level of the tournament. But still, could you imagine serving a ball over 150 miles an hour? That's pretty fast. That's insane. I mean, I play tennis. You know, I played tennis my whole life. Yeah. And a, a serve coming in at 100 miles an hour is extremely fast. You're five, six feet behind the baseline. 160 is just insane. That's nuts. Mm -hmm. So it knocked the strings right out. <laughs> yeah. The sport of badminton, if you can even call that a sport, was not even originally. It, it, this is to add insult to injury. It wasn't even called badminton. It was called Puna, P-O-O-N-A, Puna. I guess people found it so boring that they actually had to try and change the name to badminton to see if people would take a second look at it. <laughs> yes. The word Puna means to stick a telescope up the rear of a 747. <laughs> up your Puna, yes. Just stick a telescope up your Puna. But my next one's about golf. Many think of golf as a lazy man's game, right? You go have a nice leisurely game of uh, golf. 
But according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the fastest drive yeah. ever recorded came from American Ryan Winther, who hit a 349-kilometer-an-hour bomb at the Orange County National Driving Range in Orlando in January of 2013. On the PGA Tour, the fastest club speed in 2017 belonged to Ryan Brem, who once hit a 214-kilometer-an-hour while averaging 206-kilometer-an-hour on his drives, basically over 160 miles per hour. That is crazy. That is fast. That's nuts. Yes. And, you know, when you whack your balls like that, you know, you got to watch what you're doing, you know? Anna Kapachevsky. Oh, yes. I think she came from Puerto Rico. No. Okay. <laughs> Just a hunch. Anna Kapachevsky was the first woman to cycle around the world in 1894. Bicycle around the world. Mm. Folks, you're getting great information in this show. Mm -hmm. But get ready, because this is the coolest part. This is what you tell your friends. Getting ready for the event, she only learned how to ride a bicycle three days before she set off to conquer the world. Can you believe that it listen it took her 15 months and think about the time now it's 1894 she received $10,000 for doing it i mean that was like a million dollar prize you know so she she learned to ride a bike a few days before she conquered the uh, you know, 15 month trip around the world you know i was going to ask you if she had training wheels on there just as a joke but i guess maybe she did if she just learned how to ride a bike mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she got off and she said gee my puna hurts <laughs> so we talked about <laughs> we recently just talked about badminton would you ever have guessed that a badminton birdie also known as a shuttlecock what Nick, gets, i don't it, appreciate the fact that you're handling your balls you're talking about the old shuttlecock, mm -hmm. putting it in the old Puna. Yes. So the shuttlecock is is um, is the fastest recorded object in sports. While testing out a new racket in 2013, Malaysia's Tan Boon Hang, hello, set a... Okay. <laughs> His name is Hang. Yes. He hangs. He has the shuttlecock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hang. Malaysia's Tan Boon Hang hung his shuttlecock <laughs> with a brand new world record at a, at 493 kilometers an hour. 493 <laughs> kilometers an hour. <laughs> yeah, you can hardly see a shuttlecock when it's moving that fast. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 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 there you have it. And, <laughs> so, yeah, so good old uh, Malaysia Tan Boon Hang with his shuttlecock. Yeah. Yeah, Tan Boon Hung. But anyway, that's that's pest tense. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, we're, During yeah. this one, I love folks, so listen up. During 2002 World Cup soccer, Ah Jun Hawan... <laughs> From South Korea. I love this one. Uh -huh. Ah Jun Hawan scored the goal for South Korean the South Korean team that knocked Italy out of the World Cup. Totally unexpected. This guy scores the final goal, knocks him out. 
Ajun Wan played professionally for an Italian team. So <laughs> a few days later, he gets a phone call from the owner of the Italian team who said, you're fired. I would never pay a person who ruined Italian football forever. <laughs> he said, so stick that in your puna. <laughs> Can you imagine? This guy goes to his country of origin to play in the World Cup. He's so proud he's playing for his own country. Oh, yeah. He kicks the final goal, which is so exciting, and he loses his job. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they shuttle his cock right out of the tournament. You're listening to That's totally. It. You're, damned, you're damned if you won, and you're damned if you don't. You're listening to totally <laughs> useless information with Nick and Roy. Now, for something completely useless. Your brain is faster, except for us, and more powerful than a supercomputer, and it can light up a light bulb. Your brain contains about 100 billion microscopic cells called neurons, so many that it would take you mm. over 3,000 years to count them all. When you dream, laugh, think, see, or move, it's because tiny chemical and electrical signals are racing between these neurons along billions of tiny neuron highways. Believe it or not, the activity in your brain never stops, unless you're listening to us. In any event, a single neuron... Mine stopped for about the last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and while a single neuron, except for Roy's, generates only a tiny amount of electricity... All of the neurons together can generate enough electricity to power a low wattage bulb. Wow. That I didn't know. Yeah. So if you want to know more, you can send us an email. Go to www.nickandroy.com. Click on contact. Click on. <laughs> I got the old shuttlecock in click my tongue. Click on the old shuttlecock. <laughs> the old shuttlecock. That's nickandroy.com. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? Okay. So I've got the mail today. And folks, again, www.nickandroy.com. You can get all our shows there, see some event stuff that's going on when we're on other shows and so on. This one's actually from the United States. It's from my home state of Florida. Debbie from Florida said, Nick and Roy love your show. So she's got no taste. I was talking with a friend, she says, at Halloween, and she said it was going to be a blue moon. What is a blue moon? Well, Debbie, it's a delicious beer with a citrus flavor. No. <laughs> it is actually a citrus-flavored beer, Nick. If you've never tried Blue Moon, try it. It's excellent. Check it out. Uh, we are sponsors of Blue Moon. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> the Nick and Roy Brewing Company. Okay, no. But Blue Moon, the term Blue Moon is when you have... Do you know what it is, Nick? I happen to know this because I subscribe to the Old Farmer's Almanac. But go on, enough of name dropping. It's a blue moon is when you basically have two full moons in one month. It happens about every 2.7 years and has nothing to do with the color blue. They feel that the blue may be the fact that there, there's a visual of dust in the air. Mm -hmm. So you, you get this blue hue around the moon. But it really doesn't mean it's just two full moons in one month happens every 2.7 years. So, folks, if you have a question, 
we will give you the answer. So send it to www.nickandroy.com. That's nickandroy.com. And you can be on the show. What's in the mail? As you mentioned, we are around the world. We are in countries like Ireland, in Jersey, not New Jersey, but Jersey and Swaziland in Africa. And we also welcome listeners yeah. from the Los Angeles area, Orangeville in Canada, and New Bedford, Maine. This is Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And now, it's time for Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy as they present Dreams. Wake up. Wake up. Dreams. <laughs> Have you ever dreamt that you were naked? Um, no, I basically, it's a reality. I'm naked right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the horror portion of Total Uses. Uh, to dream that you're naked means there's fear of being found out and exposed over your activities. You feel that you're being misjudged. The dream that you're suddenly discovered that your, your nudity or trying to cover up signifies your vulnerability to a situation. Now, if you see a naked person in your dream, in your case, probably Heidi Klum, you are disgusted by it and represent some anxiety about discovering the naked truth about that person or situation. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I see it as a plus. Because if I'm naked standing next to Heidi Klum and she sticks around, life is good. <laughs> sure is. Plus, she's probably really near or farsighted, whichever. Yeah. <laughs> she's more like far out. Okay, Nick, you are more like. let's move on. You are more likely to remember your dreams on the weekends. <laughs> this is crazy, right? Yeah. But it, that, yeah. it really does make sense. They think because you don't have that pesky alarm going off and a schedule most of the time that you'll wake up maybe later or so on. So your brain has more time to relax in REM sleep, which is when you do most of your dreaming. So you are more likely to remember your dreams during the weekend because they're probably longer. So as you know, our show is released every Thursday, brand new episode every Thursday. So that gives you a chance to listen to it on Thursday and then on Friday. And then you can dream about us all weekend long. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. If you dream about your navel, to see your navel in a dream represents your being and self. The dream may indicate you may need to find your center and middle ground. Alternatively, <laughs> the dream of your navel signifies the bonding to their mother. Now, cool. aside from that, I figured out, well, you know, um, this is like a, a, a tangent off of the dream, but how much bacteria is located in your belly button it had me thinking so according to the mm. belly button biodiversity project because this is the actual project that that they've come up with the belly button biodiversity very, project very important people it is yes very yeah. important yeah there's still cancer in the world but they're trying to discover they're trying to you know they're studying belly buttons. from 60 belly buttons the team found okay from 60 belly buttons 2368 bacterial species 1400, 1,400 of which may be known to, known to be new to science, and some belly buttons harbored as few as 29 species to as many as 107. So clean out your belly buttons if you're not dreaming about them. Wow, stinks for the king's navel sucker. <laughs> no, it was his nipple sucker. 
<laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, okay. Dreams are strange because while we sleep, the part of our brain that makes sense of things shuts down, kind of the way Nick and I walk around all day long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is, now listen. So so basically, the the part of your brain that makes sense of normal things is shut down. So crazy, strange, loony things are really easy for us to dream about. Okay, this is probably why we have so many sex dreams, and we dream about sex with multiple partners, you know, at the same time, and so on. Because if the brain was working right and making sense. The dream would be like this. You would be dreaming about sex, and your wife would walk in the room and say, What are you doing? <laughs> I'm checking out my belly button. To see bananas in your dream may be a metaphor for repressed sexual urges and desires. It is a phallic symbol, mm -hmm. after all, and represents masculine sexuality. The dream that you... Can I stop you for one second? Yes, of course. One, one second, because yeah. I had yeah. a, a thought about this. Mm -hmm. I dream of entire full Genoa salamis. <laughs> but we'll get into that. Yeah, we will. Time. Well, if you have a banana board, I have a banana dream. The dream that you're eating bananas indicates that your uh -oh. heart that your hard work will be met with little rewards or gains, which is usually the case. Mm. To see banana peels in your dream implies you need to be careful about slipping up and making a mistake. If your banana peels are rotting, then it represents some irreversible mistake, like coming up with this topic on dreams. Well, okay, get ready, folks. Write this one down so you remember it. Sexsomia. Sexsomia also known as sleep sex, is a sleep disorder like, much like, sleepwalking. Oh. Except instead of walking, you touch yourself. <laughs> Back to the bananas. Or, yes. or actual yes. intercourse. So think about it. If you had a sleepwalking um, problem, mm -hmm. you get up out of bed and walk around the house. Well, in this particular case, if you have sexomia, you um, either touch yourself or touch whoever's next to you <laughs> and blame it on the old <laughs> yeah. sexomia. Yeah, and what the hell yeah. is going and on? And hope that you're in your house when you do it. I mean, it's just so crazy. It, it's nuts. I've been suffering from this disease for many years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very touchy subject. We apologize for those of you who are offended. To see or wear a negligee in your dream indicates your suggestiveness. Perhaps you feel that people can see right through to who you are and your intentions. Do you have a secret that you're afraid that will be revealed? Yes. You like to dress up in a negligee. I was just going to say, to see Nick in a negligee would be that you're actually thinking of vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's done some very special, memorable Victoria's Secret catalogs. <laughs> we did keep it a secret for the sake of everyone's sanity. This one is very interesting that I have to basically close it out. If you're dreaming that your teeth are falling out... It may be caused by an under... Yeah, yeah your, te did your teeth fall out now? 
<laughs> it may be caused by dentures falling out. No, it may be caused by an undiagnosed dental irritation called bruxism. Bruxism is a dental irritation, and you must dream at night, and I guess your gums hurt or whatever, so you dream that your teeth are falling out. Years ago, it was thought that it was a, a sign of premature death. I think it's a sign of premature eating cream soup and jello for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, Can you imagine, though, yeah. you dream your teeth are falling out, you know, you wake up and then you, you, your dentures are stuck to the side of your, what, whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we talked about uh, dreams, we talked about sports, let's do the news. And now, from around the corner and around Police recently identified the man accused of urinating on a fellow passenger during a Delta flight earlier this month as a pastor from Raleigh. A police report obtained from the Winston-Salem Journal says Daniel Chalmers was arrested at the Detroit Metro Airport after a flight landed. According to the report... It's a tough to get up. It gets hard. If you're sitting in the, the end seat by the window, it's hard, you know? You just... No, it, it wasn't you, was it? No, it wasn't, because you're not a pastor. According to the report, a passenger named Alicia Beverly told police she woke up on the plane around 2.45 a.m. to find a man urinating on her. Police say Beverly yeah. alerted the flight crew, and the two were separated. When asked what had happened, Beverly reported, He peed on me! When mm -hmm. the man was asked, What did you do? He reportedly said, I peed on her. I thought I was going to the bathroom. So Chalmers mm -hmm. was escorted off the plane and taken into custody. According to the report, Chalmers told the captain he planned to sue Delta Airlines for defamation of character for their treatment of him. But he peed on the lady. Mm. What's the world gone to? Yeah. And then he peed on the captain. But <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time, thankfully, we have for this week's episode. We will scour the Internet far and wide for more useless information for you guys next week. So in the meantime, go to the website, www.nickandroy.com, and tell a friend about the trend by sharing and subscribing, because guess what, folks? It's all around the world now. It's fun. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. <laughs>